Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how culture plays a role in feeling sick, that time scientists measured all the light in the known universe, and what Jurassic Park got wrong about that venomous dinosaur with the frilly collar. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If the coronavirus pandemic has shown us anything, it's that the same illness can make some people feel sicker than others. A lot of that comes down to age and underlying health conditions. But a study from before the pandemic goes one step further. When you get sick, how sick you actually feel can be influenced by your gender, your income, and even family ties. And let's be clear from the start, when you're sick, the mental and physical sensations you experience aren't just in your head. They're a natural reaction by your immune system. And this study only looked at cold and flu symptoms, not symptoms from the coronavirus. If you feel any symptoms, especially those associated with COVID-19, it's important to reach out to a medical professional. But when it comes to cold and flu, symptom differences might come down to less physical factors like identity and culture. To find this out, researchers at the University of Texas, San Antonio, surveyed more than 1,200 Americans. They asked the participants to think about a recent time when they were sick with the flu or the cold. Did they feel tired? Want to be alone? Did they feel sore or want to sleep? Well, as you might expect, how sick people remembered feeling varied by income. But it was also different for men than for women, and for people with stronger family ties than for those with weaker ones. See, people with low incomes seemed to feel sicker than those with higher incomes. The researchers say that could be because a low income might keep someone from getting to the doctor as early, so their latest illness may have actually been worse. There's also the fact that people with low incomes often deal with more stress, and stress has been shown to worsen the effects of illness. The researchers also noticed that men who had strong family ties also seemed to have more so-called sickness behaviors. They think it's possible that those with strong family ties feel more comfortable expressing how sick they feel, since that probably gets them care more quickly. But the same wasn't true of women. But in both men and women, participants who said they were stoic or steadfast and unemotional in the face of pain remembered feeling sicker too. Researchers think this could be because self-described stoics wear their illness like a badge of honor. They might wait to take medicine or to call a doctor until their symptoms get really severe. Researchers said they hope to do their next study on people while they're actually sick to get more accurate information. But already, it's interesting just to know that who we are influences how sick we feel. There are a lot of stars in the universe. I mean, almost every point of light you see in the night sky is a star. And for scientists to learn more about them, they have to start by measuring them. In 2018, scientists from Clemson University made one particularly awe-inspiring measurement. They figured out how much starlight has ever been produced in the universe. And it's a very, very big number. Is it a million million? It's way more than a million million. Way more. Wow. So to do this, they used NASA's Fermi Space Telescope. Fermi is designed to measure gamma rays, which are the most energetic kind of light in the electromagnetic spectrum. 
One big source of gamma rays? Supermassive black holes in the centers of galaxies. As matter is drawn into their gravitational pull, it heats up and emits energy. Sometimes that results in incredibly bright jets of gamma radiation shooting out of each end of the black hole. If the jet is pointed in our direction, it's what scientists call a blazar. There are hundreds of blazars out there, and the Fermi telescope is ready to catch them all. Specifically, the telescope keeps watch for interactions that gamma rays make with another, much weaker glow known as extragalactic background light, or EBL. That's an ancient cosmic fog that formed from the first starlight in the universe and has since absorbed other light here and there from newer stars throughout the universe's history. When gamma rays meet the fog of the EBL, their high-energy photons shatter into pairs of electrons and positrons. That dims the gamma ray jet slightly in a way that Fermi can measure. That measurement lets scientists track changes in the fog's composition, which helps them estimate the amount of light produced in a particular period of the universe's history. So, what did they find? The number of photons emitted in the history of the universe, get ready, is 4 times 10 to the 84. That is a 4 with 84 zeros. Way more than a million million, Cody. To put that in perspective, the number of photons our sun emits every year is only 3 times 10 to the 52, or a 3 with 52 zeros. Not even close. The stars in our universe have emitted a lot of light, but we won't get to see it all. The universe is so large that some of that light hasn't even reached us yet. And with our universe constantly expanding, some of it never will. Hey, Ashley, do you remember that scene in Jurassic Park when the bad guy, Dennis Nedry, is trying to escape from the island? Newman. Right. And he gets stuck in a rainstorm and finds a dinosaur that starts out looking really cute, but then becomes absolutely not cute in any way. Yeah. I think next to the T-Rex, this was the most memorable dinosaur for me. It had like a frilly collar that came out and it like spits this venomous goo at Dennis Nedry, right? Yeah. And then he stumbles into the car and then there's another dinosaur in there. And Oh, right. It doesn't end well. <laughs> it doesn't. He gets his just desserts. That is definitely correct. So that's the dinosaur I'm talking about. Yeah. And that dinosaur was loosely based on a real dinosaur called Dilophosaurus. In fact, it's known as the most fictionalized of all of Jurassic Park's dinosaurs. See, paleontologists at the time already knew that it didn't spit venom. It didn't have that frilly collar in real life. And it was actually a lot bigger than the cute movie version. But hold on, don't worry. This isn't one of those I'm going to ruin your childhood type stories. Because recently, paleontologists learned a lot more about the species. And it turns out the real thing actually makes the movie version look wimpy. Dilophosaurus is pretty famous as dinosaurs go. The researchers didn't know anything about it until recently. The first paper on the species came out in 1954. But in that paper, the authors didn't explain which parts of the fossil reconstruction they described were real fossil and which parts were, you know, the plaster they used to put the pieces together to make it look like a real dinosaur. Yeah, paleontology's come a long way. So this new research was based on an analysis of the five best-preserved fossils scientists have today. They were found in Arizona and belong to the Navajo Nation. Here's what you need to know about the real Dilophosaurus. 
It lived about 183 million years ago, and it was big, really big. Researchers think it reached up to 20 feet or 6 meters in length, which would make it the biggest land animal of its time. Instead of that frilly collar you remember, it had two crests on the top of its head. And at first glance, it probably looked more like a bird than a lizard. It actually had a lot in common with today's birds. Some biologists call the kind of prehistoric dinosaurs we're talking about non-avian dinosaurs because they're so closely related to the birds, or avians, we have around today. For instance, some of Dilophosaurus's bones are filled with air pockets, just like the bones of modern-day birds. The air pockets help protect and even strengthen the skeleton, and the air sacs inside them help to make them lighter. That helps birds fly, and it probably helped a lot of large dinosaurs move around, despite having such chunky bodies. Dilophosaurus had an intricate system of air pockets and passageways around its nasal cavity and those crests on top of its head. They might have been used to inflate stretchy patches of skin during mating rituals, or to send thunderous calls across the Jurassic landscape. So, move aside, frilly venom spitter. The real Dilophosaurus was bigger and better than you will ever be. Let's recap the stuff we learned today. Well, we learned that culture and identity play a role in how sick you feel. Like men with stronger family ties tend to feel more comfortable expressing how sick they feel. And people with low incomes seem to feel sicker than those with higher incomes. And my favorite part, people who self-identify as stoic actually end up feeling sicker than people who don't. This reminds me of one of the first on-air radio bits that I ever did when I was interning at WGN Radio. I was supposed to be at work at like 4 a.m. because I was doing the morning show, and I left a voicemail on my boss, and I was really sick. And I just explained how sick I was for a minute straight. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm just, I just can't get out of bed. I'm so sorry. Like, oh, I feel so bad. Because like you're an intern. You want to impress your boss, right? So, <laughs> of course... What does the host, Spike O'Dell, do? But he plays my voicemail on the air oh. twice. Then the next day, I went into work knowing that he had played it twice. And uh, and he has me come and sit down in the studio. He's like, you feeling better? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, your voicemail was pretty intense, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, here's what it sounds like. <laughs> he played, <laughs> he it, played again. it again. <laughs> there are people oh I worked God. with. This was... 12 years ago there are still people that i worked with at that time that bring that up that is classic it was a good time we also learned that scientists used nasa's fermi telescope to measure all the light ever produced in the known universe four times 10 to the 84 or a four with 84 zeros photons write that out on a piece of paper and see for yourself how ridiculous that is and we learned that that frilly dinosaur from Jurassic Park that we all know and love is called a Dilophosaurus. And it actually had two crests on the top of its head, which, to be fair, it did in the movie. But it didn't have that frilly collar. It also looked more like a bird, and it was about 20 feet long. Kind of terrifying. Also extremely relevant considering Jurassic Park, thanks to a pandemic, was number one at the box office earlier this year. Right! In 2020. In case you didn't hear, in June, when there were a handful of movie theaters open across the U.S., Jurassic Park actually became number one at the box office. Granted, it didn't pull in a massive haul, but 
I mean, it was released 27 years before it got back to number one. <laughs> kind of impressive. Just goes to show that in 2020, all the rules are made up. And points don't matter. <laughs> and the points don't matter. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Dunk, Ashley Hammer, and Grant Curran, and edited by Ashley Hammer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Hey, I want to play for you one more time before we get out of here. The the voicemail that we got at uh, 3.15 this morning. This is our intern, Cody, calling in sick. Hey, Jim, this is Cody. Uh, I'm lying in bed right now, and I can't really get up, like, physically. So I'm, like, super messed up right now, and I I can't make it in the day. Uh, If I can physically make it, I seriously would, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to throw up or if I'm going to do what. I don't know if I have a if I have a flu or have a cold, but I'm <laughs> Too much like information. messed up real bad right now. So, um, yeah, there's like no way. Uh, give me a call if you like need anything. I really can't even like, I can hardly like stand up right now. So, uh, but I'll, I'll try and touch base with you later today and let you know how things are going. But I've been like, well, I'm going to wait for about a half hour and it takes pretty much all of my strength to even like lift my head. So, <laughs> like I need some, I need, I just, uh, I can't make it. So I'm really sorry. I feel really, really sad. Uh, but, um, yeah, <laughs> let me know if you need anything. And if you want, you can let Spike know that I did not take any Colby's, um, yesterday. So maybe that's why, but I took a bunch of other drugs and I'm just like crazy right now. So, um, yeah, have a good show. Let me know if you need anything. I'll talk to you later.